And we are recording James Beaver here once again for Beaver Does Movies. Finally in the comfy chair, so you don't hear me shuffling around, screaming at my legs, being in pain. We are here. We're back. Uh, we've been back ever since, uh, but this is the first time I'm recording in a little bit. And I figured, why not bring somebody with a bit of respect or a bit of passion? The one and the only, Chris Maxwell. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Oh, th- thank you. Thank you very much for that, uh, that, that P.T. Barnum-like opening. I, I, yeah. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. So, Chris, uh, it's been a while. It has, yes. I think the last time you did the gauntlet, I believe. Uh, you're, you're right. And you're right. Get, and every message I said, hey, we should do the podcast. Silence. Yeah, you, you it, turned me off of it. <laughs> when, when it came for me to go, hey, hey, Chris, you want to watch a movie? Silence. Hey, Chris, you want to play Red Dead Online? Sure. As soon as I'm all gone, Chris, Chris and uh, Corey decide to gang up on me, hog time me and shoot me in the face. Well, you, you got to do things to make you smile. We do. We do. But here's the thing. I got you back. If you remember That's... my the great shotgun massacre of Red Dead uh, of Amarillo, where I started chasing you guys down with shotguns. That's true. Yes. Yeah, that's true. I, I spent like probably five minutes just waiting for Corey to finish his general store shopping. As soon as he stepped out, I went, ah, fuck, and just shotgunned him back into the store. Yeah, that, that was pretty amazing. I, I, gotta, I, I would doff my hat to you if I was wearing one. I, I'm not wearing a hat either, so we're, it's all hats off. So, yeah. uh, so how's it been, man? Like, I've not know, I've noticed you haven't podcasted in a while. So, if you want to give an update, it's probably by the time this comes out, it's probably already happened. But just, uh, just give your thoughts on what's been going on. Yeah, well, I, I kind of put the podcasting on the shelf for a little while. I had I had a few issues in my own personal life that kind of popped up and and sort of derailed me, but. Uh, I'm getting back into the, into the groove of things. I'm I'm putting some in the can, as we say in the business right now. Yeah. And uh, I expect uh, what? How? When do you think this is going to be coming out? A couple of weeks from from when we're talking at this moment? April. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So that's a, that's a long while away. Okay. So by then we'll be back in the saddle, and you'll have heard my first podcast back. I don't know exactly who who it's going to be because I'm putting a few. Like I said, I'm putting a few in the can, yeah. So I don't, I don't want to uh, pr- promise something and not deliver. But uh, if you haven't by now, there will be a podcast up with uh, uh, former wrestling personality, former professional wrestling uh, company owner Mike Davidson. I'm gonna censor that. <laughs> and I, yeah, and I expect that that one uh, will be a two-parter. I would imagine because there's a, there's a there's a lot to go through. So um, at this point, when you're listening to it right now, it'll be up. Go and binge all the episodes, especially the first one that you did under under your new format because you had a very t- talented British gentleman on that. That's true. When I switch formats to the uh, interview style, um, it just sort of, it fits me better. Yeah. I think I think everybody's got a story, and and I'm really good at finding it. And my first one was you, and oh. that's definitely one you need to go listen to. Yes, I really do recommend that, and you kind of get uh, a bit of a delve into my mind when it's not coming down to to movies and such i if you ever uh if you ever check this out and you want to like know a bit more about me that's usually the first podcast i point to because you kind of get where i came from and uh who i became and, and such like and speaking of which we haven't even mentioned the podcast name not yet named podcast available on google on apple stitcher and wherever you find your fine podcasts. Your good, good podcasts, yes. And don't worry, there will be a link in the description to the podcast, including your Excellent. beautiful mug, because my podcast host, who is wonderful, by the way, shout out to Podiant. They have a, a really awesome feature, which allows me to have guest sections so I don't have to keep typing it out each time. That's nice. That's really nice. Yeah, so I'm, I'm also, when this does come out, I'm probably going to shout out your previous episodes so that if you want to see where it all began, you can check out the Punisher episode, the warrior episode, and also the gauntlet where Chris quit for about a year. That's, that's true. I did. I quit. Yes. I was, so, I was the opposite of Heath Ledger. I could quit you. <laughs> you, you quit the fuck out of me. Yes. <laughs> so Chris, I'm going to be a bit loose on this, 
What have you been watching lately? I've been uh, in, in TV land quite a bit, watching lots of television. As I, I mentioned to a few people, we have a we have a friendship stream or whatever you want to call it, a, a group chat. Um, I've been watching a lot of uh, a couple different Apple TV shows. Uh, my favorite being uh, Ted Lasso, which is freaking excellent. I You know, Jason Sudeikis doesn't get enough credit, but at the same time, I was like, oh, Jason Sudeikis. Like, you know, you, you know he's talented, but you're like, oh, is this going to be another bullshit Jason Sudeikis show? Uh, it's not. It's really, really good. Really good. Yeah, yeah I, I actually like Jason Sudeikis. I thought he was really good in Horrible Bosses. He was also really good in Where the Millers. He also is in a underrated movie called Colossal. Have you ever heard of that movie? I have not heard of that movie. It's him and Anne Hathaway. Oh, really? And it's about a girl who, when she gets drunk, a monster shows up in Tokyo and starts destroying the city in the same style that she's walking around drunk. Oh, that sounds kind of interesting and also yeah. kind of terrible. Yeah. You know, it actually, it's, it's very much a romantic show. Okay. Like a romantic movie, but it's done really well because it has the whole Godzilla connection. It's kind of one of those romantic movies with a twist, which is the only way I'm able to watch a romantic movie. Yes. What I watched recently, I actually watched this today as of the recording. I watched, I've only half watched it and I'm so mad at myself that I didn't watch it fully earlier. Like I've probably watched it bits and pieces, but I watched The Last Boy Scout. Oh, damn. Okay. That's a great movie. What I'm so mad at, you know, oftentimes when you just have that, you should be watching this, but it's just so you're just so blurred to it. And you're like, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I, I love everything about it. I'm going to get to it. I know I'm going to love it. That That is uh, Last Boy Scout to me. Yeah. And holy shit, that is a great movie. Uh, it's on based on a script by Shane Black, who does a lot of my favorite movies. It's directed by Tony Scott, who's done my favorite movie all the time. You got Bruce Willis, Damon Wayans. It's, yeah, a, it, it, it's a great, great movie. And I love every moment of it. That movie came out when I was a kid and I remember catching a tiny bit of it uh, at a friend's house. Their parents were watching it. And for a young man, it was quite raunchy. And then when I, when I came of age, I, I was, I watched it myself and I was like, wow, this is brilliant cinema. Yes. And and, and it is true because like to me, a lot of stuff that is made by Tony Scott, I absolutely adore. Yeah. Uh, you got this. You've got my favorite movie of all time, True Romance. Just so many different movies that he's made. It's just amazing. Yeah, True True Romance is high on my list. Yeah. Let, let's uh, let's go over the uh, the filmography of Tony Scott. Rest in Paradise, sir. Okay, so I'm looking at his, uh, his movies. You've got stuff like Beverly Hills Cop 2. You got True Romance, you got The Fan, Enemy of the State, Man on Fire, Domino, uh, Unstoppable, uh, just Days of Thunder, Top Gun. Just so many, like, just so many great movies and just so fun. He also directed the uh, music video for Danger Zone. Oh, really? I guess that makes sense. Yeah, that was his movie. But yeah, just in general, I really enjoy the work of Tony Scott. I, I really do think he is someone that a lot of people ate, especially someone like Michael Bay. If yeah. you watch if you watch Bad Boys 2, that's a Tony Scott movie. Yeah. So yeah, so definitely if if you want to check out a great movie, and it's also kind of funny because that movie was originally going to be called Die Hard. Oh, really? Yeah. But then uh, Joel Silver pretty much says, "Hey, I got this other movie. It's bit, it's bit, it's a, a a book sequel to a Frank Sinatra movie, and and I want, uh, you know, I, I want to use that instead. Apparently, this script, uh, Shane Black sold it, and it cost a million dollars. Holy crap for a script! Yeah, like just for the script, it's one yeah. of the highest things. Uh, it also has Halle Berry in it as uh, the the victim as Bruce McGill, who I always love and everything. Uh, Kim Coates from Sons of Anarchy in a short yeah. role. Yeah, I know and, Kim. And uh, and to tie into the movie of the day, because I'm the I'm the Sedway King. In the uh, beginning scene, it has Billy Blanks. Oh, well, there's a there's a good tie-in. And guess what? Today's movie we watch Showdown, 
starring Billy Blanks. Yes, starring, he's one of the stars in the movie for sure. And here's the thing. I watched this movie first and then Last Boy Scout. Didn't realize it had that connection. No doubt, yeah. It's, it's my movie Sixth Sense. So there you go. Anyway, so this movie, Showdown, also known as American Karate Tiger. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like it either. There's a, apparently a bunch of movies called American. I think it's like for different uh, markets. Okay. So, and I think one of the movies has, has Billy Blanks in it as well. I think, uh, yeah, No Retreat, No Surrender 2 was also known as American Karate Tiger. I'm going to be completely honest. I, I was not aware that Billy Blanks was an actor. Uh, yeah. I always I knew about his Taibo yeah. videos and whatnot. But as soon as this movie came on and I saw him, I was like, is that fucking Billy Blanks? That is I, Billy Blanks. I, I had to Google it. I was like, you know, I Googled it and I checked out the cast. I was like, oh, my God, it is Billy Blanks. Yes. And uh, to be honest, I, I love Billy Blanks' movies. Uh, he's in two of my favorite, uh, is in two really good movies. Uh not great as in like masterpieces, but just like martial arts movies. He's fantastic. It's this one and also King of the Kickboxers. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, I don't want to, we won't skip to the end here, but I thought he was fantastic in this movie. Oh, definitely. That De- I, I loved it so much. And uh, what was it? King of the Kickboxers is uh, American Karate Tiger 5. Oh, my. No Retreat, No Surrender 4. Holy crap. I have Which- more names. <laughs> exactly because uh, I, I swear there's just a weird market especially in england there's a lot of movies that got different names yeah i guess uh, you'd, you'd be privy to that too i would be yes so i watched um we watched uh showdown this was directed by robert radler and he has done such movies as best of the best and best of the best too that's like his most known uh have you ever seen those movies I have not. Have you? I've seen Best of the Best. I love those movies. The first one as uh, Eric Roberts, Sean Penn, uh, and James Earl Jones. Well, you, you got me with that cast right there. Yeah, and it's about a bunch of uh, American Taekwondo fighters coming together to face the South Koreans. Okay, so, so he's got, this guy's got a theme. He, he, likes, he likes fighting. He loves his martial arts stuff. Yeah. And then the second one um, is pretty much one of the fighters does an um an underground fighting tournament and gets murdered and now it's revenge for their fallen comrade i won't i won't spoil it though good thank you yes maybe we could do uh best of the best one and two for a future episode yeah i'm down i'll watch it oh definitely but uh yeah it's such a great series movies and you can tell it from this movie so we like i said we watched showdown uh, came out in September 1993. It's 100 minutes long. It's an English movie. Well, as in language, and it was made <laughs> in the United States. Yes, yes. So uh, let's let's begin. Let's begin with the main character. Uh, who would you think is the main character? Would you say it was uh, Ken Marks, or do you reckon it was uh, Billy Blanks? It was Ken Marks for sure. Yeah, yes. Uh, so this movie is pretty much came out as a karate kid ripoff yeah yeah i mean i mean it's pretty clear that that that's what what they're doing but they they also poke fun at it a little bit yes Uh, they do in the movie they kind of they poke fun at at the karate kid thing he even says oh i get it this is like wax on whacked off you know so i kind of like that like at first i was like oh this is a this is a karate kid ripoff a blatant one and honestly, I was like, this is going to be really bad because James loves making me watch terrible movies. <laughs> and and I was like, oh, okay. So I sat down and, and I had a snack and I was like, yeah, you know what? This is pretty good. Maybe this will be okay. And it turned out to be fabulous, like I said. But yeah, Ken is definitely the main character. Uh, Billy Blanks being a supporting supporting character. and um, Supporting character, but he gets like the final fight though. He does. Yeah, he does. And as well... Uh, really very young uh, Christine Taylor who goes, who went on to uh, marry Ben Stiller. And also play Marsha Brady. That's true. Yes. Uh, and she was so fabulous. And, she was. And very hot. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about uh, uh, 10, what was it? Ten, uh, Ken Marks. 
Marks. Yeah, I really do think that they were made a disservice by not having one of the characters call him Skid Marks. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that, especially one of the bullies. Yeah, I, they, instead they just go right for it and call him Needle Dick. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I kind of there was a couple times in that movie I was like, whoa. Like the for ninety three, the language was pretty pretty uh pretty brusque. Let's yeah. say. So, uh, Ken Marks is played by Ken Scott. That's right. Yes. And do you know what uh, Ken Marks is most famous for? Uh, Ken, Ken Scott. I don't know if yeah. he's done any. Has he done? Uh, what What uh, has he even done? Uh, before this, uh, after this movie came out. Uh, before oh, that, wait a minute! Didn't he? Uh, wasn't he Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yeah, he played Raphael in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too, The Secret of the Ooze. And okay. he also had a small role in the first movie as a foot soldier. Right. So he hasn't done much really beyond nope. uh, 90s movies. Like I haven't heard of him in a very long time. He has also been in a movie with um, uh, the guy who plays Johnny. Uh, William Sabatka, right in in another movie before that called Shoot Fighter Fight to the Death. It has uh, William uh, Zapka, uh, Bolo Yang from uh, Bloodsport, and also the, Martin Cove who plays Reese. Right. Reese. And the cool thing about that movie, and that's it's going to be a future episode. The final fight is between Bolo Yang and Crease. Oh damn! Yeah. It's a big like fight between them two at the end, and I am so fucking ready for that. I'm just looking through his filmography right now, trying to figure out what the last thing he did was, and it turns out he was in a documentary, Sniper: Deadliest Missions in 2010. Oh god! Oh god. Yeah, and that's oh. it's that's the last thing he's done. Paul Paul Ken Scott. Yeah, no kidding, because he was. Uh, he I, was I good thought, in this. He was really good in this. I thought he was good anyway. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed his character. I really like. He's pretty much. Uh, so yeah, this is the Daniel Larusso role in this movie. Yeah, kid comes from out of town. He's a he's a small town bumpkin. Let's talk about this fucking school. Yeah, what kind of school is this? It's like fucking. It's like an episode of Oz. Like it was. You got you. You got like kids who look like they just come off an NWO music video. You got like the cholo looking guys who you wouldn't. You would see in like a David Ayer director of Training Day kind of thing. Yeah, uh, he even had the white nationalist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Full on white nationalist with like the Confederate symbol and like uh, swastikas everywhere. Yeah. Then you had the punks. Let's talk about these goddamn punks for a second, because he walks up to them. They've got all different color hair. One is full on polishing a gun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just polish. out in the middle of nowhere. And then another one has a T-shirt that says kill yourself yeah and then there's other characters introduced who are never seen again in any background shot it's these two football players who are just pushing each other and then apparently one character called stinky yeah who never showers and he he, he makes another cameo later in the movie yeah but i i for sure thought like there's gonna be there's gonna be a payoff to this like why there's yeah. gonna be a payoff and there was no payoff and then you got his friend uh, who I know as, uh, he's he's known as Mike, but I know him as Wyatt in the TV version of Word Science. Right, yes. And this character, this fuck, uh, it, not the worst comic relief I've seen, but very close. It, it wasn't good. Um, it was very, very formulaic and like 1980s, like, oh, we need to have a crazy friend. Like he was, he was the movie version of Kramer. It, no, no, it, it's the high school equivalent of Bart Simpson live action. Yeah, yeah, that's it, right. Even down to like wearing glasses to pretend to be awake. <laughs> totally. And actually, he says uh, I, something about opening a can of whoop ass. Yeah, and, I'm like, and I'm wondering if that's like maybe the earliest reference to cans of whoop ass. Actually, let's, let's look into the history of cans of whoop ass. See if we can find the origin of cans of whoop ass. Well, that's what that's what I want to know because I was like, this movie is ninety three, and yeah. to me, cans of whoop ass was very much like a two thousands phrase. 
So obviously, yeah. obviously, it's been around for a long it was, time. It was very 1998 when Austin started to become popular. Yeah, 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 for sure. He he started pulling it out. Yeah. But man, this was 93. And, and can, he, can you imagine if Austin was watching Showdown and that's where it came from? It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. Lots of stuff in wrestling comes from movies. So apparently it's a Chuck Norris movie original. Oh, really? Yeah, apparently it was uh it was uh it came from the Chuck Norris movie when he went back to Nam to rescue Ross Perot's son. Can't remember the movie. Oh, here it is. Uncut Uncommon Valor. That might be a future episode too. This might just be me just going, that might be a future episode. This is a future episode. <laughs> well, you're getting some ideas at least. It, exactly. So I, I gotta write I gotta when I listen to this uh when I'm editing in this, I've got to write all this down. Hey James of the future, if you're listening right now, write this shit down. Yeah, def- definitely James of the future. Yes. <laughs> I might just say, I don't go, okay, for fuck's sake. And uh, another, another piece of movie movie uh, trivia, too, uh, related to, to wrestling. That's where Bret Hart got the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be from the jerk. Oh, goddamn. So there we go. Yeah, there's a tie-in. Yeah, pretty much movies dominate wrestling. Like a lot of stuff has come from wrestling. You've got Sting being the crow. You got Razor Ramon being based on uh, Scarface. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, and even the, some of the best bookers, uh, like Dusty Rhodes, was a big. Uh, he 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 borrowed a lot of things from movies. Yes, he did. But yeah, so I really did enjoy. Uh, uh, Ken Marks. I really enjoy what they did with him. Uh, I it really does start off very much like Karate Kid, where he's just trying to pick a fight because yeah. he sees a hot girl. Yeah, and it, and it's kind of a thing where, like, you know, to paint the picture, he moves in from Kansas. He, you know, he's from Midwest upbringing, and now he's in the inner city at this hard school, and he just sees a girl he likes, and he he wants to go and you know talk to her or whatever. Yeah. And it turns out this girl is dating a real shitbag martial artist. Not even a shitbag, a fucking psycho. And we'll get to, an absolute psycho. We'll get to him after we talk about more about Ken Burns. Yes, uh, Ken Mark. Sorry, and his whole thing is he sees a girl and then he gets his ass whooped, and yes. then he is taught by the janitor. And we'll get into him too, but we kind of want to just focus on Ken and. I really do like this movie has quite a few training montages, but they just get worse and worse as they go on. Yes. Yeah, they do. They, they, they certainly didn't get better. And, and maybe the, the janitor thing is something we should maybe touch on right away. Cause that's kind of how the movie opens. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's um, put Ken Marks to the, onto the back burner for now. Let's talk about uh, the Mr. Miyagi of this movie. Let's talk about, Billy Blanks, a.k.a. Billy, the former policeman turned cop who can fight. Exactly. Yeah, he was a, he was a police officer. Um, I they, they didn't have a time period, so I assume earlier, like in the 80s, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, he, he so, break, some time has passed. Yeah, he breaks up a house party. And in this house party, he uh, accidentally kills a kid. And it's the brother of another guy we'll see later in the movie. Yes. As well. Well, he is the brother of the crease of the movie. Exactly. Precisely. I really, I really do fa- feel bad for the people that have never seen Cry Kid listening to his talk right now. Yeah. They'll be like, who? Who? What? If, if you're listening to this right now, go check out Karate Kid and come back. And then we're pretty much describing this movie through the, the Karate Kid. But I think everyone's seen Karate Kid, especially yeah. people who listen to this podcast. And if not, do your homework, kids. So I'm not going to give you the blow by blow and, and ruin the whole movie for you, but he breaks up a, a party and, and a young man ends up dying somehow and uh, it, it ruins him and he ends up becoming a janitor. And yeah, that's, he, and that's when we pick up with Ken and him is Ken comes to the school. He's the janitor. That's the connection there. I, I do like the way he quits. He just hands his uniform and walks off. Yeah. There's no like big moment where he slams his badge on and he kept his badge too. Isn't it often in these movies that they hand in their badge and gun? 
I think that's just for show. I, I, I know a lot of former police officers keep, keep their badge. Yeah. And so you got his old curmudgeon partner who hates everything. And they try and he says, hey, why do you use a gun? He's like, I, I don't like guns. I use these. These are the weapons kind of thing. Yeah, and and uh, the the gun he had ended up getting pulled. So, in the, at the party, so that was uh, that is great. that. So I, one funny part is when uh, Marsha Brady discovers that Ken Marks is training with a janitor. He's like, <laughs> yeah. I hear you've been hanging out with a big black guy. All right, whoa, <laughs> yeah, Jesus, Marsha. Yeah, yeah, uh, that that made me laugh too. It kind yeah, of was I, like, whoa, this is a different time. Although when she did then turn around and go, so what are you doing just hanging out with the janitor? I'm like, that that does make that does make it sound like he's lame. Yeah. Yeah, that oh or what are you doing, just hanging out with a janitor? That would have been okay, but it's instead it's this big black guy. Is that that's who you're hanging out with? Okay, you racist ass. Get the fuck out of my face. Yeah, pretty pretty much. Like I, I that made me laugh too. I was like, whoa, like ninety three doesn't seem that long ago to me, but I, I guess it was a different different time period. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, it's twenty seven years ago. So yeah. Oh, tw- twenty uh, twenty eight now because we are in twenty twenty one. That's true. Uh, yeah. So and I do like his methods of training because it's the whole thing was instead of him like learning shit just because he's doing tasks, he's just in, uh, improving his endurance and making him humble by, by making him clean the bathrooms. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, they did the, they sort of tried to do the Mr. Miyagi thing, but it wasn't, it wasn't a direct rip off the same way Mr. Miyagi did these things to make him learn about hand-eye coordination. This was like basically to humble yeah. Ken, which is good. I mean, anybody who's ever had to do training, knows that the first thing you need to be is humble because yeah. otherwise it's not going to work. Like when you, when you're learning something and you co- and you have that one guy is constantly question questioning, you know, that guy's not going to make it because he's going to keep like interrupting and shit. Yeah, exactly. Although I would love to have seen it where one of his big moves is he's doing like the plunging motion and that's how he blocks a kick. Yes. That, that, that would have been funny, but I don't think that was what the tone was going for with this movie. And then, yeah, so I really did enjoy his character. He was a bit too preachy. Yeah, yeah. Without having, like, a whole reason why. At least with Miyagi, he's, like, old, and he has, like, the whole Japanese samurai sense and, like, the respect. With this, it's just a guy who killed somebody and uh, got spooked by it. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, there's like no reason on why, and there's no like interesting backstory on why he is. It's just he was a bit of a wet blanket. He, he was, but I don't think they had a whole lot of time to go into it because the movie was about an hour 38. Yeah, uh, apparently, this is the uncut version too. Yeah, apparently, in England, this they edited this movie, take out all butter knives in the 80s and the 90s. There was a huge issue with any like Japanese weapons if, if it showed up in any movie. We got to get rid of them. Really? Yeah, it was like a really weird to do, especially England around that time hated ninjas. Hated ninjas. Hated them. Wow. Get that shit out of my face. We don't. We don't want our kids uh, murder murdering people with samurai swords. So much so that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was hero turtles in England. Wow. Yeah, and they even changed the song too. You can't, you gotta be kidding me. How do you change yeah. that song? It, it's pretty much the same song, they just put Teenage Mutant Ninja, well, Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Okay, yeah, all right. It's, yeah. it's the same song, at least. It's the same thing, it's just a different. I, 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 lo- I love to like show people that I think, and then I'm going, I swear it was Ninja, kind of like a Mandela effect, just, yeah, just to fuck people up. Oh, that would definitely work, yeah. So, like I said. The montages, they start with this really great one with a really kicking soundtrack. And then the other, the, the last two montages, which should be the better ones because it's like him fully developing, get, getting better, are shit. Because the music that they use sounds like the Law and Order theme. Yeah, it was super downtrodden. It was like a, 
do 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 like including sexy sax. Yeah. But yeah, but without the dudum. Yeah. It's it has no dudum, which is the best part. Yeah. It has it just has it's just that going on, but they're taking out the dudums because they don't want to get sued. Well, I think I don't think Law and Order existed then, but uh, nineteen ninety three Law and Order's been around forever. Not that long, has it? Law no. and Order. Let's take a look. Yeah, let, let's take a look because I don't think it's been around since ninety three. Nineteen ninety. Whoa! Are there you, you go. Whoa! How is that show still on the air? Somebody get that shit off. Twenty seasons. Every time there's a different crime, we gotta throw it in. Actually, Law and Order. How many? Is it still going on? I, I think it got cancelled. Thank God. I think they stopped doing it. That's uh, good. No, no, it, that no, show sucks. It's still oh, Law and Order the TV series like the original ended yeah. in 2010, but it still got its spin-offs like SVU, right? And now Cybercrime or something like that. Or They're like, all hey, basically the same though. They are the. It's the same shit. This is yeah. the same shit, but with uh, different focuses. Right. Like now they're doing uh, a bunch of COVID related stuff. Okay, so I stand corrected. Law and Order was around. Yeah, there we go. Welcome to Beaver Does Movies where we get sidetracked often. Now, <laughs> yeah. let's talk about villain number one. This is the Johnny Lawrence, the, the aka the William Z- uh, Zabka. I keep fucking up his name. I think it's Zabka. So, yes, Zabka. This character is Tom. And Tom is a fuck. He is a fuck. He's a, a typical, if you want to picture a rich kid in your mind, a rich yeah. jo- the rich jock who could also fight, though. Yes. He can, he can fight like a, like a motherfucker. The fuck is tall, too. During that, fi- during that final fight, he is literally towering over Ken Marks. And he's very misogynistic, too. Oh, God, is he? Yeah. So he uh he's uh not been in much. After this, he was rich kid opponent number two in Double Dragon, which I did an episode, and then he did Deadly Target, Guardian Angel, Virtual Combat, The Chameleon, and that's it. He only had ten roles and he's six foot one. See, these guys all seem to to pigeonhole themselves into these martial arts movies. Like martial arts is great, but learn to act while you're at it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And like even someone like John Claude Van Damme can act. If you ever seen JCVD, he actually does really well. Yeah, you know, these, but- these guys can act too, though. That's that's my point. Like I, I liked. I, I mean, I didn't like him as a character because he was a he was a heel. But I mean, I liked his acting. I thought he could act. And I oh, felt man. I felt the same about Ken Ken Marks. I felt like he could act too, and he he could have done more. It's so it's so funny watching Tom in this movie because. He's getting more and more psychotic as the movie goes on. Oh yeah, he's coming unglued, and I oh, and I man. love it. it. It starts off with you know a guy on his woman's territory, you know, on his woman, and he's like, "That's my property, give it here." And then it turns out he's a piece of shit, and he's cheating on some rand, some like owner of a gym, who's like an older woman who's just apparently banging high schoolers to enter an underground tournament. Yeah, and let, like, let's not go too far ahead with that. But how do we never see anything that happens to her? Like, yeah, she she doesn't get a comeuppance at all. None, not an, and she. And it turns out like she's running the show, kind of in a way. Yeah, but she, she nothing happens. No, it, it more more happens to the, like the the big bad. But it's just funny watching him get more and more deranged as it goes on, and it starts off with him just like tapping on the shoulder, punching him in the face. And it's it, it pretty much, they try and murder him. Yeah, like it goes from a schoolyard, like I'm going to punch you in the face because you're talking to my girlfriend to I'm going to straight up fucking murder you. Yeah. Like and that's then, a quick ex- escalation. Yeah, and then he finally gets like one punch beaten up by Ken Marks and the woman immediately descends onto that. And I do like where they try to, make up a valid reason why Ken Marks is doing this is because his mom can't pay the bills. Yeah, I like that too. I mean, uh, it's it was reaching a bit, but it also, I mean, it, it's par for the story, and especially for, I mean, the, the movie is very, very late 80s, to be honest, even though it's 93, but yeah. a, lot, a lot of people don't know that the 80s didn't come to Canada until the mid-90s. 
Yes, definitely. So, <laughs> so it, it was like, is it a Canadian nineties movie? It pretty much like that. That's the, that's the way it seemed like, it seems like very, very like even the Degra- even Degrassi, which was in the, yeah. in the nineties was super eighties. I mean, we all loved it, but it was super eighties. Yeah. Americans watching it thinking it's like some kind of grease thing where it's kind of like a throwback, even though it was filmed two days earlier. Oh no. They're like, they're, they would, they're watching it and they're like, okay. Like, because American television is so different and so much more violent, they're like, okay, they're just sitting there waiting for somebody to get their head blown off, and instead they get a lesson about, you know, don't steal. Yeah, pretty much. Unless it's the the, the next generation where Drake gets shot in the back in, in a wheelchair. That's right. Is that the one where they start calling him wheels? Yeah, which is fucked. <laughs> which is fucked up, right? Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm sorry about your tragedy. Your name's wheels now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to remind you of the worst day of your life forever. Actually, no, no, no. That old lady did get a comeuppance. She gets, pun- she she? gets punched out by the dog. She does, but that's not, hey, that's not much of a comeuppance. No. Like, I don't want to serve her in jail. But yeah, he does. He, he kicked her, yeah, actually, he, which, was, he, uh, which is weird. He KO kicks her. I mean, that's like worst punishment enough that the, the weakest, gangliest son of a bitch KOs you with a kick. I got to say, it was a pretty nice it kick. Was. It was. It was pretty smooth. So she technically does get her comeuppance. And it's very like 80s movie style comeuppance where it's not you're going to jail for having sex with all these high schoolers because you're a, a predator. It's now the, the geek is going to kick you in the head. Well, I, it wasn't even the sex with the high schoolers because, I mean, if you put yourself, put yourself in high school and if a foxy older woman like her came up and started grabbing your Johnson, you would have been fucking pumped. You would be, but it's you still predatory, though. It, it is. You, but you, as a guy, you would have been like, yeah, hell yeah. But, that, but for me, I put myself in the mindset of that, and I was like, okay, I get it. She's, you know, she's foxy. Uh, but she's, the thing that bothered me the most is, like, she's making children fight each <laughs> that's other. That's another thing. And then Bromson 5%, basically saying to them, hey, you want to go to college? Fight people for money. Yeah. Yeah. She outright says that She outright says Hey, we're going to underground fighting tournament And let's talk about this underground fighting tournament This is the most professional Underground fighting tournament I've seen This is more Yeah, what a, what a gorgeous venue that, Well, it's pretty much the dojo I wish they used a different venue Rather than the uh, the fight dojo But instead it's This is so much more professional Than any indie wrestling company i've wrestled for oh completely but i mean early earlier in the movie they're using a warehouse uh for those fights yeah. but it's still it's amazing yeah. and then the, the warehouse kind of gets shut down in a in a sting yeah. nothing ha- nothing happens to anybody and then they move the fights to the dojos and then the, the dojo is even nicer and here's the thing they have emts there yeah like, have what, what kind of self-respecting emt is gonna be hanging yeah i'll just hang out and do this that, like Every indie show should have an EMT at the ready, like an ambulance guy, but they often don't because it's too much money because it's going to cost them money. Because it's often, I, I've never seen yeah, that. Same here. Every indie, every <laughs> indie. I, I'm, I'm trying to be respectful, but yeah, no indie is. They've had that one person who did a first aid course four years ago. Pretty much, yeah. So, so, so wait a minute. They're getting 5% of it, which the woman said was $500. So the gate is five grand, I'm thinking? Or, or am I? That, no, five grand, but that's one fight. Yeah. That's not the whole gate. So if I'm the guy fighting, I'm going to be like, hold on a second. I need more than 5% here. Yeah. What the fuck's going also, on? How many fights are there? Is it just one fight or is it? No, there was a b- bunch of different fights, she said. She said it was 5% per the the gate of that fight i guess there's gate and then i guess they've got like a, a gambling ring where they make money off the top two well that's that, that's where the money comes from the five percent is from the gamble yeah but that here's a, fi- so here's the, a thing that's insane yeah but they're only making five grand for these events five five hundred of that is going to the fighters that win two percent is going to the losers so what are they coming away with it's way well, way too- that's for one. That's one fight, though. That's only one fight. There's more than one that- fight. So you, if you, if you, even if you look at it from a, from a very uh, you know conservative point of view, if they do five fights, 
That's 25 grand. Yeah. So half of that is just on the fights. Exactly. And then, and they only have to, then they only have to shell out whatever percent of that 25. You got to be more like Dana White and cut that shit down. So they can make more money because also you got to think of like they got to hide the EMTs, they got to have they got to have the goons for the security. So the I swear they probably just come away with two hundred bucks. Oh no! See, I, I think it's the other way around. I think it's like all promoters everywhere who are fucking lining no, their actually, pocket while everybody else is bleeding in the in the ring. Actually, one second. So if it's five percent, if it's five percent, it's five hundred bucks. One second. Well, I'm I'm doing math. Yeah, do, do the math because we're both terrible at it, and I and we might even be way off. It might be like way higher than that, than five grand per fight. Take away five percent. Five percent equals. Okay, that's wrong. So no, no, five. So I think it's fifty grand. I think it's ten grand that they're making. Yeah, ten grand sounds more, sounds more yeah. right, and and that's for one fight. So you think they're doing, you know, five fights? They're making fifty grand, and then maybe spending ten grand on the rest. Yes, yeah, so, you know, incident. So it's ten grand, but then also, if you lose, that's two hundred bucks. You get two hundred bucks if you lose, five hundred bucks if you win. Yeah, five percent and two percent. So basically, they're they're paying out seven percent. So, yes, totally. So if if they have, so, time and they're making they're making ten grand per fight, yeah, and they're paying they're paying out seven percent of that, which is seven hundred dollars, yeah. So if they have if and, they have five fights, then that's thirty five hundred, right? So, fucking hell. So they're not doing too bad then. If that's if that's the case, if they were only making five grand, they're probably they're probably like they're pro- they're pro- I can't believe we're talking about the, the profits of this underground <laughs> fighting tournament. <laughs> we're doing the math and shit. But yeah, if they make a t- five grand a night, that's not too bad. I'll tell you what, you're starting to sell me on it. Maybe we should start a fight club. <laughs> Coming soon, underground Winnipeg Fight Club. Five percent uh, if actually- you win, two percent if you lose. Don't tell the cops. Exactly. We'll just base it all off of this movie. Yeah. Just call it Showdown Winnipeg. There we go. <laughs> Showdown Winnipeg. And we'll just we'll just put ourselves over like we're really great fighters. No, no, we don't. But we'll, we'll we'll go out and we'll work it each nah, night. We're not even going to do that. Me and you oh. are going to be like the Dana White slash Don King of the of the festivities. You have less hair than me, so you will have to go the Dana White. I'm the Don King, so I'm going to pu- pump that hair up to the to the moon. That's right, and you are blacker than I am. So. Blacker than you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, uh, speaking of back on track, back on track <laughs> after we've discussed the financial potential of an underground fight ring. Uh, <laughs> yes. So let's talk about the villain. Let's talk about like the 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 crease of this movie. Let's talk about Lee. Okay, so Lee. I mean, well played by this actor. And he basically he is the he is the guy who who fights a little bit with uh, with Billy early in the movie. And Lee's brother gets killed by Billy by mistake, not on purpose. And so this I mean, the guy's already twisted, but this twists him further. And there's no there's no there's no backstory behind whether, you know, how what 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 drove him but he becomes a karate master somehow we don't know how it's actually shown it, when you see him in his office when he's like giving tom the business you actually see yeah. him looking at his photo and it's a picture of him and his brother with trophies and medals so they were already martial artists when when he died i i, I guess so it's just he became like a master and and highly twisted oh super tr- holy shit the the fucking edge lord of his apartment of, of like his office. You got like the axes and you got like the dark room and you just got the single table. Just 
And for some reason, he's got a scar that, that goes from his forehead down over his eye to his cheek. You would think, you uh, would think Billy Bl- Blanks gave him that during the fight. You would think he would actually give it in so that they could focus on. No, it's just aesthetic. It, it's totally aesthetic. It wasn't there when he had the fight and that it is there now. No backstory, no explanation. It would have been great if Billy, Billy Blanks gave it to him because then there's like extra. There's a. A little extra reason. I mean, he's got enough reason already, ready, but there's a little extra. Like he could have run his finger down his skull, looking at him, ready to fight, and like kind of get him the come get some attitude. Exactly. Uh, but I mean, back to it. I mean, I thought he did the 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 actor who played this did real well, in my opinion. Can I t- he like I bought it. Can I tell you what is that the actor's name is? Sure, I hit me. Fucking love this, Patrick Kilpatrick. You know, I mean, that's such a great name. That is an amazing name. I, Very Irish. Yeah, he's done it. He's actually been in a previous movie uh, that I did called uh, Class of 1999. Where, yeah, okay. where he plays a cyborg student substitute teacher fighting a apocalypse, like a, a Mad Max style punks in, in a school. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, he obviously has some martial arts skills. Yeah. And I was surprised. Like when you look at the guy, like he's pretty, he's pretty thick. He's pretty jacked. You wouldn't expect a guy like that to move in the way he does. But boy, uh, he played a psycho really well, and he and he moves around like a like a cat. Oh god damn! And this guy is still working. I, I, yeah, I don't. I don't it doesn't surprise like he's me. He still got movies coming out. His recent one was he was in a TV show in 2021, and he's just. He's been continually working throughout. Good for yeah. him. Character actor. Fantastic character actor. He he's also in something called The Zombinator. And he's also well, he also had a, a small role in Nip Tuck. Interesting. Well, you gotta do what you gotta do to make money. Yeah, like he's holy shit. Like he's been in Chuck. He's been in CSI Miami, Criminal Minds. Any of those procedural shows, this guy's had at least a role in it. So he's he's just like he's uh, he's grinding it out. Yeah. Good for yeah, him. He's been in a ton of Star Star Trek shows as well. Like just where to go, Patrick? Maybe where to? That might be where I I recognize him from. To be honest, because I recognize him from somewhere, and it could be from Star Trek. Yeah, he he was in a uh, Deep Space Nine and Voyager. I never never saw Voyager. Yeah, but. I saw Deep Space Nine, so maybe that's it. Yeah, he's also did he had eight episodes spelling Doctor Quinn Medicine Woman. So yeah, the, I really do enjoy enjoyed him in this. He was like beautifully insane. Absolutely, like I absolutely loved him in this because we're he's like Crease turned up to twenty seven. Yeah, like he's super. Villain. Oh goddamn! Like when people. When people are beating on other people, I swear you could just like see that, like the the seam of his pants with his dick, just extra hard. Yeah, he he was getting a chubby. Damn, this guy loves to see people get murdered, like beaten up. Oh yeah, like he's he's super loves murder. Yes, he super loves it, and like that's why I don't know. I can't. I don't know who the main, you know the main heel is of the movie, whether it's that woman or it's him. I would say, I would Um, say him because even though she was like orchestrating a lot of it, he was like the major guy because he was like saying, Hey, kill him, kill him, kill him. And she's like, the fuck? The fuck? Yeah, that's true. So he was like the major driving force behind all the nasty shit going on. And I wonder what happened to that woman. Oh, okay. Let's look. Let's see. So her name was Kate, which I didn't know until end of the movie. I was like, who the fuck is Kate? Oh, that's her. Right. Uh, I'm looking right now. Her name is Linda Donner. Mm. Yeah, because when you first see uh, Linda Donner, she's like all in black and she's just like flirting with him and everything like that. So Yeah, I mean, she's super hot. She, yeah, so I'm looking right now and... Oh, I'm, I'm looking at her stuff right now. She's done some stuff. Yeah. She doesn't have a Wikipedia. That's that's a weird thing. But she was in Commander in Chief, uh, Ricochet, yeah, Future Kick. A lot. I'm trying. I'm 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 only listing the ones that I've heard of. There's lots of lots of movies that I have not heard yeah. of 
that she's been in, but she's, uh, um, wow. You know what? She's, she's had a pretty good, pretty good little career herself. Yeah, she hasn't done anything since 2009, but she's done good for herself. No, but she did. She sure did a lot, a lot of films before then. Yeah. Uh, oh, shit. So let's, let's talk about the final fights. Let's uh, wrap this up with, with the final fights. So, uh, Absolutely. so after the bullying from Tom to Ken, they finally decide to step up to each other and go, you know what? Let's finally have that fight. And Kate steps in and is like, hey, let's make some money, kids. Big old fight. We can get a big house and you can get 5%. Loser gets 2%. And during this fight, it starts off with Ken not wanting to hit him, being a bitch, even though this guy has been like bullying you this entire time, threatening your life. And then finally yeah. we get like the big comeback. But then we get like, that was just a hope spot. Yeah, totally. Like basically what happens hap- happens to spurn the fight on is uh, what's what's the what's the guy's name again? Um, the tall guy. Oh, uh, Tom. Tom. Tom hits hits the girl, physically strikes yes. her, and that sets sets off Ken as as it would. So Ken says, you know, let's do this. Let's get this done. The 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 woman in the in the power suit steps in, and says, let's make some money, yeah. and so they, they say, let's do this at the dojo. They get a big big house. They start the fight, as you say. Ken uh, is bouncing around. He's he's avoiding. He's not he's not getting into yeah. it. Finally, something sets him off, and he he starts beating the crap out of this guy. Of course, like defending himself. Of course, tall, the tall guy takes over, and and he just beats the holy hell out of Ken like even, for about ten minutes. Like even so, as he's beating him, you can see everyone turning on him because he's like exactly. he's cheating. He's headbutting kneeing to the groin, throwing him into stuff. And all his friends are like, what the fuck? Yeah, he's he's slowly getting worse. Like, he's, he was already a heel, but he's slowly becoming a super heel. Yeah. And and Ken is becoming the, you know, the white meat baby face. And when, when just when you think all hope's lost, because they think Billy's gone, we forgot to mention that uh, they tried to kill Billy. He, he fought them off. He shows up after being missing for weeks. Yeah. And, Here's the thing, though. Didn't uh, Billy stab Tom? And yet the next scene is perfectly fine. That No, that wasn't Tom. That was another guy. Okay, that was just... A, it yeah. looked like Tom. Oh. Yeah, no, that's just another guy. That, they, that was a mercenary. Let's talk, about, unnamed mercenary. let's talk about a previous scene where when Lee discovers who Billy is and yeah. freaks out, joy, yeah, he, so much joy watching him freak out. Like he's threatening everybody. He's like, I'm going to get him, find out everything you know about this man. And then at the end, he goes, Tom, kill him. So what he's saying is, <laughs> hey, you student, go to school, kill the janitor, make his body shown. Yeah, like it's super twisted. Like go, go, go kill this guy, but make sure everybody sees the body. Oh, yeah, he's the janitor. Yeah. Like, what kind of fucking school is okay, this? Let's talk about this school uh, before we get in. Every single scene, you can hear in the background, hey, put the knives away. Hey, who stole my desk? Hey, no guns allowed. It, every scene in this movie involving the school is just constantly just fucking people yelling at the kids not to be like fuckheads. And maybe, maybe... Uh- Maybe it's just white privilege for me, but I I can't imagine a, a school like that where something a teacher says, "Hey, put the gun away." Yeah, me, me, well, you did grow up in a small town in Canada, and I did grow in grow up in England, and I I never experienced that problem when I was growing up. The only thing really no, is not, I would, I'll not, probably swing at somebody, and that's it. There's there's always tough schools like you always hear about tough schools where there are tough fighters and stuff like that, but never like, hey, there's lots of knives and guns at this yeah. school. Oh, there's a kid polishing his gun the entire time. And before we get to the final fight, uh, you know the the reveal of the final fight, let's talk about the principal who I feel was only hired just to pass scenes by to fill time. Completely, and he's he's a greaseball too. He's like <laughs> such a a pervert. You're seeing all these sideways glances I, at women. I fucking loved 
every scene he was in, just because it's him yelling at students. I I enjoyed that too. It was always just these cheeky little glances that he was doing at the at the women. I'm like, like, dude, you're the you're the principal. What the Especially fuck? Especially when he sees Kate and he just starts, he's like smoking a cigarette, looking at her, going, "I hope to work with you a lot soon." I'm like, yeah, fucking creep. Yeah, totally. Like, oh my god, you greaseball. But yeah, if like all of his scenes don't connect to the movie at all, he's not like a major character. But there's a bit of time left for him. Where it's just in between. My favorite one is a kid on a school skateboard. He goes, "Hey, kid, get off the skateboard!" And he falls off. And goes, "Thank you for listening to me." <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I like that. That's the best part. That's the best thing he did in the in the whole movie. Beyond that, you could actually cut him out, and it wouldn't affect the movie. I swear they just added those five minutes. They're probably like, "Oh shit, our movie's like 120 minutes." Hey, what's Brian Brian jo- James doing? Oh, he's uh. He's just hanging out, looking at the women. Okay, let's bring Brian James in. And yeah. uh, he's just he's just a guy who who worked on the set, moving crates around. They're like, "Hey, you want to be in a movie?" Well, this, Brian James actually had a decent career himself. Uh, he was in. Oh, yeah, no, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, honestly, like you, you can see his chops. It's just it was he was just a super sleazeball in this. Movie. He's often known for like B movies, but he's been in like some like big movies like The Fifth Element and Blade Runner. Hey, don't 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 talk down about B movies. Some of my favorite actors are B movie actors, like Bruce Campbell. My whole my whole podcast is about B movies, so I'm I'm not really talking. Yeah. That that's what's running this show is these B movies. <laughs> I should, yeah. By the way, I actually just grabbed uh, Bruce Campbell's uh, biography of Chins Can Kill. Nice. I need to read that. I love Bruce Campbell. Oh yeah, same here. I absolutely adore him. And uh, Dead by Daylight that I play uh, has him available as a character. Bubba Hotep? Uh, no, as uh, Ash. Oh, as Ash. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Anyway, so let's get to... So Brian James is the vice principal. Did not need to be in the movie, but I'm glad it was because it was a bit of extra fun uh, comedy to it. Yeah, it needed a little bit... It, that's probably what it was all about. They needed something to lighten it up a bit because really on the surface, I mean, the, the, the crazy best friend yeah. wasn't, that, wasn't that good. And the rest of it, without having a little bit of comedic relief, would have been too heavy. Exactly. So you really need it. And here's the thing. It was intended for him to just be a creep. But I actually got more of a laugh out of him than the comedic relief. Completely. That, yeah, that, that comedic relief was so formulaic and boring and almost like... Trying to be... T- I hate to say... Try- like Polly Shore, but, but even worse than Polly yeah, Shore. Yeah, like, like a dollar store Polly Shore. Yeah, and I mean that's pretty bad because Polly Shore is already awful. Yeah, he, but that's that's really bad. He's already in the dollar store. So what does that make you? But anyway, so Billy Blanks finally shows up and gives him the thumbs up, right. and they're playing the Law and Order theme. And I swear, if they threw a Mentos um, in the middle of that, I, I swear that was a Mentos commercial. Completely, completely, and like all this, I I don't understand why Billy. Bl- I like I get it in a way, but Billy Blank showing up is all of a sudden what fires them up. Yeah. Like don't like I think that should have been like a hope spot, and I think the girl should have been what fired oh, him up. Like I, I, come on, Mark. if anything, I think it was because uh, he was so against him fighting that he kind of got him down. And that just giving him the thumbs up gave him the permission to like, hey, to go, hey, all go out. beat the shit out of him because I'm gonna arrest every fucker in this room. Exactly. So so that happens. He gets a thumbs up, and of course, here comes the hot comeback. He kicks the shit out of uh, Tom. It's not even close. It's over. He hits the spin kick, which he was not able to hit the whole movie. Yeah. That I liked how they tied that together. Like when, he finally, he finally was able to do I it. I love when they do that in movies where they show him constantly failing, and then he manages to do it perfect to get like the final hit. And then from the, exactly, and then from there, Lee jumps in and starts beating the shit out of anyone that was in his way because he hates failure. The entire movie, he's mentioning, "I do not like failure. If anyone's associated and- with me with failure, I beat the fuck out of them." And it was great because you think the the movie's over after the, the fight with Tom. You think, okay, here comes the swelling music and whatnot. No, Lee jumps in and he becomes a super heel. And guess what? All the other heels 
upturned face I, immediately. I love it because they all beat uh, after Billy Blanks finally beats the shit out of Lee. They're like, "Hey, we're tired of this guy just trying to make us more into a violent psychopaths. Can you teach us?" And like, "Yeah, sure, sure, kids." Clean. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been funny because yeah. now clean the toilets. <laughs> I would have loved to see have said, "Get the fuck yeah. out of here!" Fuck you, kid. <laughs> Uh, I do, I also do like at the end, um, they don't make Tom to be fully a bitch uh, in that he gets beaten and he immediately shakes hands with the guy who just beat yeah. his ass. Instead, he just kind of taps him on the chest going, I'll see you around. Even though he's like saying, yeah, I was kind of fucked up, but we're going to be rivals now. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, yeah, you, you still got to keep them. I mean, they're going to, I think they're, I don't know if they're going to be rivals, but there's going to be like, it's going to be like a quiet respect between them from going forward. But it's good that they left it where like he's still a bit of a dick. He's still got a bit of that edge. Yeah. I, like, I mean, if they wanted to, they could have made another movie now. Oh, God. Um, I'm all for it. You know, instead of Cobra Kai, let's do Showdown. Where it's it's uh that it's the two main characters uh doing their own dojos. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> you know, I, I I'm surprised that they haven't done these like rip off uh shows where they just find any property and bring them in, and then oh well, they're, they're rebooting everything. So I mean, don't say it too loud because next thing you know, we'll hear showdown coming to Amazon Prime. Oh, God damn it! Wait. Wait a yeah. minute, is Billy Blanks in it? Uh, yes, he is. Whew. All right, I, I'm in. Because yeah. if you could get uh, Billy Blanks and uh, Patrick Kilpatrick, all for it. Yeah. You could recast the main two, but it's the, those two are, in my opinion, the stars of the show. For sure. Yeah. So so Lee, Lee steps in, and he starts beating the shit out of children like he's <laughs> going to do. Yes. <laughs> and so now Billy Blanks steps in, yeah. and he's like... I'm not going to let you hurt any more children. Essentially, that's that's the deal. Nope. And and they fight, and it's really, it's really. I mean, you, there's a little bit where you're thinking, okay, Lee's unstoppable, but you just know Billy Blanks has got the juice, and uh, and he finishes off Lee as you would expect he does. And it was fun because he does like a, a really mean like drop kick to his chest. Completely, yeah. It was super, super so good. So much so that it's on uh, the front box. I would have loved to see a little. I mean, this is a little bit revisionist for the whole movie. I would have liked to see the Billy Blanks character with like just a little more uh, edge, like a little more psychological, like a, a a psychological scar that's a little deeper. Yeah. Like they they allude to it, but he doesn't really seem all that fucked up. He just seems like a guy who's a janitor it, it, who can kick It would have been nice if there was a scene where Lee is prone and Billy Blanks is standing over him going, you're going to have to kill me. And then he, he walks back and then Lee like kicks him in the back, in his back to carry on the fight. And yeah, like a- anything or, or even like a flashback, uh, you know, where Billy Blanks has a flashback or where he kills the kid mm-hmm. earlier in the movie and it just kind of stops him for a minute and all of a sudden Lee you know, kicks the shit out of him for a while because of that, because he's in his own head. Or, or like, like something like that would have been yeah, good. Yeah, like maybe a bit where he kicks him and he kind of like lands funny on on it on a step, and he's like, "Oh shit!" Even though Lee kind of breaks his fall to stop from being hurt, and then he kind of kip kips up and just wails on him because he's like all tortured and shit. Exactly, like a little more torture would have been nice. Yeah. But I mean, we're talking about a movie from '93, so. Those tropes didn't exactly exist. No, they, yet. No, no, they did not. But the cool thing about this is uh, it ends. Um, I really do wish they just ended it like suddenly as they do the high five, freeze fame. Yeah. But instead, they kind of have to like explain some stuff that, you know, um, Mark uh, Ken is now with uh, Marsha Brady, and yeah. It, it looks like Billy is going to start working with the police again, working in a self-defense class and then building his way back yeah. to being a cop. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of like that in a way I, like they could have tied that up uh, maybe a little quicker. Like it was it kind of drugged a little bit. at it, the end. It, it did feel like an epilogue kind of thing. Yeah. But um, overall, I mean, 
that this was a great movie. I don't know what what star rating you use if you do out of five or out of ten. But... I, I usually do um, watch it, don't watch it. How are you gonna watch it? Watch it, hundred uh, percent. Watch it, own it if you can. Yeah. Uh, it's it's on Amazon yeah, Prime. So it's it's, it's uh, if you have an Amazon Prime account, definitely check this movie out. Uh, definitely watch if you want to watch it with people. Try and make sure that they know what Karate Kid is. Yeah, or you know, I don't even think that's a prerequisite. Honestly, um, it, it's it would be great to pick up the the the, the subtle jabs. Can you, but can you imagine you don't need to be a you don't need to be a fan. You imagine someone watching this but never seen Karate Kid. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and then watching Karate Kid, I was like, this shit's a rip off a showdown. Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like that totally, I could totally see that happening. It would be hilarious, that, but I could see that happening. That would be fucking hilarious. Anyway, Chris, so that was showdown. Thank you so much for coming on. It was such a such a blast having you on again. I'm I'm going to try and get you in uh, one or two more times before uh, the end of the year, maybe even uh, a, a unprecedented fourth time. I, I would uh, be more than willing to to jump on. I mean, I enjoy watching good movies and stuff like yeah. that, and and I, I like talking talking shit about movies and yeah. talking about what I what I would do differently. Because I mean, for you and I, I think that's a, a bit of a gift and a curse. Yeah. When we watch a movie, we 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 watch it and then we say, okay, this is what I would have done, you know, which is you know again, like I said, a gift and a exactly. curse. Exactly, and. I, I do like when we kind of like cover martial arts movies just because we kind of have that old pro wrestling attitude going in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like he, we even called it hot comeback and <laughs> yeah. getting the shine. And, but, but yeah, I, I like, I really enjoy watching uh, fighting movies for some reason. I don't know. I've always enjoyed it. It's such a fun adrenaline film. So once again, Chris, thank you for coming on. And uh, yeah, uh, you've already said stuff at the top of the show on where to follow you and stuff like that. Uh, thank you for coming on and I'll definitely try and get you on sooner rather than later. All right. Thanks a lot, James. Uh, this was a blast. Oh, always, man. And for everyone listening, thank you guys and we'll see you next week. Bye.